listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Today's episode is brought to you by Hero Cosmetics. They sent us over the Mighty Patch, a magical little hydrocolloid acne patch. I recently had a baby, and now my skin is so sensitive. I can't even think about using the harsh pimple creams I used in the past. I used the Mighty Patch on a blemish I had one night before bed, and not only was my pimple gone the next day, but the simple ingredients in the patch left my skin with no redness or inflammation. It made me feel so good. It was just the boost of confidence I needed post-bank. If you need a gentle acne solution that works, use code COMPLICATED15 for 15% off the Mighty Patch at HeroCosmetics.com. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. (gasps) You are Lauren, and we're your resident best friends here to help you along your relationship journey. Think of us as your very own fun fairies, bringing joy to the process and sprinkling love dust all over the place because it takes a village and we're your community. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. This is very helpful, guys. It shows we have a loyal and growing audience. It helps us bring you fabulous offers and it keeps the lights on for us at our complicated village. So please help contribute and share and tell a friend. The pandemic continues, and so do socially distant dates. I'm trying to keep at it between FaceTimes and even have an in-person date on Friday. The struggle is definitely real, though, because on one hand, I know FaceTime dates are smarter in terms of a time commitment and feeling someone out, and they're also safer. But in general, dating right now just feels very unsexy. It's like they're in your living room with you on a FaceTime or a Zoom, and you're almost having like an interview, and you're like kind of ready, but not really ready because obviously they can't see what you're wearing when you're behind a computer screen or like a phone. So it's just not the same thing anymore. The vibe is weird. And, you know, obviously this is the new normal. So I'm just trying to continue to adjust, keep on going after what I want and make the best of it. Our guest tonight, Jared Freed, joins us to discuss all things quarantine. We're going to dive into some quarantine relationships to determine if they're real or just a fling. If it's okay to ask your quarantine fling not to hook up with anyone else and what to do if you're fed up with dating and isolating. Jared is a comedian based out of New York City and originally from the Boston suburb of Needham, Massachusetts. His comedy is current and reflects the ordinary daily thoughts of everyone you know, especially if everyone you know is, you know, a millennial, obsessed with dating apps, trying to be a real adult, and worried about their body. For the record, Jared's mom thinks his body is just fine. I'm sure she does. While Jared is currently starring in the Snapchat series, How Low Can You Go? He's recently been featured on MTV2's new series, Vidiots, as well as True TV's NFL Full Contact, MTV's Philosophy, NBC's The Today Show, NFL Network's Top 10, and AXS TV's Gotham Comedy Live. His weekly J Train podcast is already at over 450,000 listeners per month and regularly in the iTunes Top 100. The show has a cult following of loyal fans, just like you guys listening to us. It's been called a Dear Abby for Dudes, which is why both men and women tune in religiously. 
Additionally, he co-hosts a modern dating podcast called You Up with Jordana Abraham of Betches, where they discuss their take on modern dating with issues ranging from apps to hookups to relationships. Jared's written for Total Frat Move, Bro Bible, Betches, Love This, and he texted. His columns delve into everything from sports to The Bachelor to the pitfalls of dating and the information age. His writing has both sides of the aisle nodding their head while thinking, I've been on the toilet way too long. He's the Dear Abby for dudes, and all the betches want a ticket on the J train. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. We're excited to have you. Okay, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm doing well. I think that's a hard question right now uh, to answer because, like, I'm doing pretty great if I look on the spectrum of how people could be doing. You know, like, how do you even answer that question? I'm not, I don't have COVID. I, I'm living in an apartment. Um, you know, there are things I would like to be different. I'd love for there to not be a global pandemic, but I'm doing okay. That's a long way of answering. You're in New York City, right? That has its own challenges as it relates to COVID. Ah, you know, I think a lot of that's been overblown. You know, like, I think, like, again, like, I'm not a frontline worker. I'm not, li- I uh, I'm living pretty well. It would be <laughs> for me to even say the horrors of living in New York. Like I would be a liar. Um, you know, you get to eat out. Now you can eat outside. You can drink outside. It's like Paris with dump trucks right next to you while you eat. And rats. Yeah. Rats, dump trucks. It's rat tattooing. That's uh, it's, it's the live version. Love it. It's uh, very romantic. <laughs> very. I mean, it could be, I could see, how, you know, you see a lot of dates happening and you're like, yeah, this is a, this could be the story of this. And I know that women love a good story could be told very well. We do love a good story. You are absolutely right on that, Jared. And yeah, I mean, could you imagine being like, we met, it was a pandemic, like, yeah, I mean, it makes it very dramatic and very, it sounds like a rom-com. And, Through like, all the odds, right? <laughs> it's basically you've got mail, but the pandemic version, you know? Very much the same. We, we messaged for months. And finally, when we got to see each other from six feet away, we couldn't stay apart. So we inched closer, but we kept our masks on. No, so that, that could be the story. I love it. You know what just occurred to me? Like, you know how like masquerade parties, like you wear masks and that's like normal. Mm. Now, if you have a party, you have to wear a mask. So is every party a masquerade party? That might be the most LA question I've ever been asked in my entire life. You're welcome. That's how I know I'm on the, I'm on the line with two LA women. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need a whole, a masquerade collection for the fall? Yes. The Gucci masquerade collection only. (laughs) Yeah, and we and you know you're on the line with two women from LA when we also ask you your relationship status. So what is that? I am in a relationship. I moved in with my uh, my girlfriend uh, mid pandemic. We moved in during uh, the quarantine, which has been a lot of fun, and it's been good. I mean, it's nice to you know be. I think being. I think like if I was to like rank the best situations, I would like say like newer pre-engaged relationship is probably the best pandemic quarantine situation i would put like you know you know like if because like no kids we i have someone 
sure we have arguments, sure we have fights, but then at least I'm not like talking to the mirror and having my own one act plays, you know? So did the quarantine actually expedite you moving in together or was that just in the works anyway? No, no, this was a real move in. This wasn't the, hey, we're doing this. Let's just give it a shot. You know, New York City style. My lease ran up, your lease ran up. It wasn't like that. No, we were planning on moving in and it was, and I, it was all part of the plan. I mean, for me, I was supposed to go on the road to do shows the whole month of like, May and June, both I was booked every weekend, and I was like, "This is great. We'll move in, and then I'll be gone, and she'll have to do everything." And then I got all my stuff got postponed, so I'm like, "Damn it! I gotta actually lift boxes now. I can't like pay someone to help her." So that kind of sucks. Your honey do list is now very long. Way longer than I thought. I thought I had it figured out, and then corona intervened yeah i mean it does throw a wrench in the game but do you feel like you have expected what is happening between you living together are there any surprises that have come up or and how long were you guys together before you moved in we've been together like two-ish years um and you know i had a place in harlem that that I, you know, the whole thing was like, I, I was like, I got to find, basically it was like, I got to find people to like move into my place and then I can start exploring where we're going to move. And then I got like uh, some tenants, like within 24 hours of posting the place. And I was like, okay, now we're like, the world is happening now. Now we're doing this. And it's been fun. I, I, I'm not like surprised by anything. You know, we have our arguments. I think like a lot of our arguments are due to like, you know, your locked in a apartment together and you, you know I'm shouting at a microphone about nonsense all day long and she has a real job so that like is a little bit you know that kind of like you, you you're stepping on each other's toes like you would with any you know roommate not to make it call her my roommate but that would be you know but it's been I think if anything she's more surprised by shit that I do like I'm a slob and lazy and you know that's annoying so well, she probably knew some of that before you moved in. I would assume you had spent a significant amount of time together prior. But how did you actually meet? Take us back two years ago. We met at a – I was hosting at the Comedy Cellar. I, I do. I worked there. I like work all the clubs in the city, and I was at the Cellar that night, and she was at the show. Like, not because she's a fan of mine. She didn't even know me. She was there with a friend of hers who was hooking up with someone on the show, and then – you know, came up to me while I was, I was hosting. So I was bringing, I was in between comics. I brought someone on stage and I, you know, kind of went to where I was sitting and she was like, are you really single and Jewish? And I was like, yes and yes. And then I walked away. And then I had other shows that were like uptown. I went uptown, came back downtown to do a third show. And then she was there still drinking with her friend and the other comic. And they're like, come sit down. And, you know, from there, we just kind of, you know, exchanged numbers, the texting. It, it was more like, it was more casual starting and then, you know, just kind of kept coming back to each other as far as like, as far as like wanting to spend more time together and doing more things together. And then, you know, going and traveling a couple of places, you know, kind of not the normal one day, two day, three day fuck. It was more the normal, hey, we're in each other's phones and we start hanging out more and more. Okay, that's like that feels kind of organic in its own right. Did you like that she sort of came up to you? It kind of feels like Bumble, right? The girl makes 
the first move, but it's always usually pretty subdued. So it kind of feels like what she did, like a subdued, like, hey, like, are you single? Are you Jewish? Like, I'm on your radar now. What do you got for me? Did you like that she came up to you and did that spark an interest right away or did it slowly grow? Like, were you thinking about her? Like, oh, who was that girl? Or did you just go on with your night? I saw her walk into the show with a friend. And I was like, oh shit, hot chicks are here. And then I came off stage after going up being like, well, there's two cute chicks in the front. That was like my thinking. And then she came up to me and I was like, my mind wasn't on it. And, you know, I'm in the middle of, of of my work so like I was like oh that's nice of her you know what I mean like I'm more confident I remember I wasn't doing well in the show something I, I wasn't doing well and I was mad about that and I was like not really in the headspace to like pick up on chick that's not like you know like I, I know a lot of people do comedy to like meet a chick meet a girl or whatever but it, that wasn't like I was more upset I was like man the joke I wanted to do tonight didn't work out like it like small trivial things not I'm not like out. I wasn't really out there like looking for, for love. Like that wasn't, and I don't think she was either. I think she was just more like, this is an interesting guy. And I think like the thing I love about my girlfriend is like, she has always been upfront uh, and, and kind of taught me. And the thing that I kind of repeat on my podcast a lot is like, she had a standard and you either live up to it or not. And she, and I think with relationships, you're in a negotiation table and it's two people negotiating and they have to be there working with each other. And if not, you have to be ready to leave the negotiation table. And, you know, I think my girlfriend's always been in that position. So it's like when she comes up to me and says, Hey, are you really single and Jewish? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then, all right, cool. <laughs> it's like, you gave me nothing. Okay. I'm going to go. And then she, you know, kind of the worlds collide and come back together later that night and we get to talk. And I'm like, oh, this is a cute, fun person. Like, let me put my number in their phone type of thing. So, you know, with Bumble, like I, I understand, uh, I always love Bumble and most men love Bumble and it's not really spoken about. It was promoted as a feminism app. I, I think that's kind of bullshit. I think that they did what a lot of companies are doing nowadays, which is to make yourself some sort of, you know, some sort of, um, um, altruistic thing when you're actually just a company that wants to make money. So for me, Bumble, when the girls say hi to the guys first, you're just cutting down, you're positioning the, uh, the site on the, on the scope a little bit better. Like if 10 girls are out in the forest and one of them waves at me, I'm going to go towards the one waving at me just because a blowjob will come quicker there. Like, I don't think that helps women more. Um, uh, thank you for your transparency. Now we know how Bumble really works. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that, that's why people, you know, I, I, again, like the shows I do, I talk a lot about dating and relationships. I'm not an expert. I'm just completely kind of honest about the, and that's an icky thing to say. I understand. Like, I'm just not, I think a lot of men on, on Tinder on, on another dating app where you can talk to anybody, men are like dogs. They're going to eat until they die. So it's like, you know, on Tinder, if 10 women say, I do, you're going to talk to the 10 women. Or if you get 10 matches, you're going to pick from the 10. And you don't know which one the fun kind of is beneath, which match really, you know, when you're on Bumble, the numbers go down. But they, when someone's screaming, hi, 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 you're like, okay, I, I'd imagine it's a more fun. I don't, I don't have to guess which shell the pearl is under 
So it sounds like you have a good idea of how these dating apps work and your own opinions of them. Why do you have so much knowledge on dating and relationships? And also, how did the You Up podcast come about? So long story, I hope shorter. Um, I, I started a podcast because I was like, I love talk radio. I love talk radio. I love listening to podcasts. I was early on listening to podcasts. So I'd always wanted to start something. And it started as uh, the TFM podcast, which is Total Frat Move, which is known as like a fratty, you know, guy site. And I was writing for them. And then I was like, hey, I want to start a podcast for you guys because they had a million Twitter followers. And I was like, you promote, I'll host, whatever. And they were like, what's a podcast? And I was like, perfect. I found a studio, I helped them create their podcast, and they were pushing it to their audience, and I had been writing for it, so I, I think I had a little bit of trust from the listeners that I wasn't just like, I, I, I didn't write for TFM because I love fraternities, I, I wrote for them because they had a million followers uh, uh, of men that seemed similar to me, they went to big schools, and they liked football, and they liked talking about girls and relationships, so I was like, all right, this, this seems like where I can kind of like pull some audience from for myself to be able to be my own comedian. And so I started the TFM podcast. We were doing it. And I always opened up. I was like, at the end of the show, I'll read your email, send in your email. And then all these people started sending in emails for advice. And I started getting so many of them that that became the show. I never professed to be a, I'm not an expert. I always say that I'm not an expert. I'm just someone who's thinking about these things and being completely honest or as honest as I can be. And I try to do it in an empathetic way. Like I understand dating is hard uh, for everybody and for different reasons. Um, and so I had started, and then TFM like wanted to do their own thing. I changed the name to the J Train podcast and it's been called um, Dear Abby for Dudes. And that's kind of how it was in the beginning. And I was just taking any email you send, ask for advice, I'll answer them. And 95% were dating and relationships. And I would talk them out with a guest on every show. And, but the male emails weren't great. Like men are very caveman-ish with this stuff. It's like, I met this girl, how do we fuck? It's always the same. Um, around the time that Serial became, became a big hit. You know the podcast Serial? Love it. So, of course. That's when women started listening to podcasts, when Serial starts. Women love murder mystery podcasts. And so all these female-driven podcasts started to pop up. And then I would be a guest on them because they knew I did, you know, in New York, some people knew I did podcasts. I'd become a guest on them. And I was always pulling female listeners. And around that time, I became friendly with the Betches. And if you don't know Betches, the, uh, you know, the media company, um, you might know them from Instagram, but they're a whole media company. And I, you know, it's three women who have started like an amazing place for people to work. And we've always gotten along really well. I met them through Jewish geography and knowing a mom who knew a son who put together a show for me and then introduced me to the sisters, friends, camp friends, whatever. And then, so then the Betches and I kind of, they've always been podcast guests on my show. And then they were like, how do we start a podcast? And I was like, so I helped them put them in touch with the right people, which isn't, the biggest favor in the world is just exchange writing one email to kind of like put them with the right people that could help them with just the mechanics of it. Because at that point there wasn't Zencaster like we're taping on right now. It, it just wasn't as easy. And then 
So then they started their podcast. I'm doing mine. They've been guests on mine. The best episodes are always when they come on. People love them as guests, the male-female interaction. And then Betches were like, we want to start more podcasts. We want to do a dating-only podcast with a male and female voice, and we want you to be the man. And I was like, great, let's do it. And Jordana is the perfect co-host because we just break down. It's a, I always say it's a... Um, it's a podcast to have uncomfortable conversations comfortably. And Jordana does a great job and I appreciate her as a co-host because I say some things like, you know, like saying that I love Bumble because it's easier to get a blowjob there that are very icky and horrible. But she's always there to like, you know, see, you know, take me at, you know, kind of be there with me and not make me, it's easy to make the people that are honest evil. And I think she does a great job of like, no, let's talk about it. Let's open it up. And I think that's, and that's why it's been so successful. And again, we're on Betches, which is a mainly female audience. And like, you know, I think the female emails and the questions about dating are so much more thoughtful. They're all in depth. They're interesting. There's places to kind of like dovetail off into that don't have to do with dating that have to do with, you know, confidence. And, and those are issues that I have problems with. And I think Giving, I, I think for me as a person, and I, I'm sorry for going on and on, um, I'm a lot, you know, I'm very close to the guy that most women are dating. I'm not 100% the same as the guy you're dating, but I'm at least 10% away. So and it's the guy you dated. Giving, What's that? You're, so you're giving everybody like a look behind the curtain. A little bit. I'm like a spy who turned on their own, but I don't believe it to be turned on my own because I actually thought when we first started doing the podcast, I would get a lot of like hate mail and stuff just because it was such, um, like I, I'm being myself and I, I wasn't sure, but what, the feedback I've gotten, which has been very nice is like that. I think women want more honesty than men believe. And I think like a lot of the male dishonesty is, is from a long line. And I'm sure women would roll their eyes at this of, of being told a misguided version of what a gentleman is. And I think the rules of being a gentleman have changed just like the rules of relationships have changed, just like everything has changed. And I think like a lot of guys think they're being the nice guy when they're actually being worse than they actually think they're trying to be. So the podcast has been great for that to kind of like talk those things out where, you know, the worst people for advice, I think are the ones that don't listen. And a lot of people's friends don't listen. They remember what you were in college they go off of their preconceived notions of you, and then they give an opinion like, dump him, he's a dick. And it's like, but that's not what people want to hear. That's, people want to hear the why. They want to be dug into. They want to hear what the issues are. Yeah, no, th that's absolutely right. Nobody wants to be told, like, you're doing the wrong thing, or I think you should do this, sure. or... Yes, you want advice, but you don't want it coming from someone who you don't think is listening to you. I think what works for you guys both in your podcast is that you're being relatable, that you are saying the things that people are talking about behind closed doors. They feel like they can get their honest opinion and their honest thoughts answered because you're, you know, you're speaking like 
a true dude does. And women are like that behind closed doors too. Like we're supposed to be like the quote unquote lady. And, you know, we have to have conversations like that with our girlfriends about sex and about, we get, you know, we want to get really raw and really vulnerable too. And so when you can listen to somebody doing that, then instantly you're going to get questions like, can you help me with this? Or, oh, this Mm -hmm. guy totally knows what I'm talking about. Or he sounds like the guy that I like. So the relatability is got to be it. I mean, that's what we try to do on our show too. Jen and I get really honest about what we're doing and what what we want. And, you know, women have this fear that they're looking desperate for saying what they want. And I think we all need to come into our own in that aspect and just go for it. Guys should be able to say what they want and not feel like they're being a dick. And girls should be able to say what they want and not feel like they're being a bitch. And all of it is complicated, but it's even more complicated when you throw in COVID like in dating during quarantine, this subject has obviously come up on your podcast. So let's just start by like, you know, what do you do when you're feeling like I'm single, I'm dating, it's COVID, I'm getting a little fed up, getting fed up with dating is like standard, but like during Mm -hmm. COVID, it's even more so what do you tell people? Or what would you give advice about someone who's feeling fed up during quarantine? about dating um it would depend on the situation you know like i think covid is um is kind of similar to having a child and i don't mean to minimize the like i mean we're having fun we're talking about dating so i don't hope no one hears that and is like oh my you know like i i don't mean it in a and like i think we've all been given an excuse like someone who has a kid as an excuse. I don't want to go out tonight. I got to get a sitter. I got the kid. I don't want to go out tonight. I got the COVID, right? We can't go out. You know, this is just another excuse that people have to sift through, which makes things harder. But I think it also like, I I think it also makes certain things easier. Like, you know, if, if you're talking to someone and they're taking, um, the precautionary member, uh, you know, uh, they're taking social distancing as seriously on the spectrum of serious. They're taking it the most serious. Okay, let's do a FaceTime date. If they say no to that, if there's if they're not making the FaceTime date, they're not making the in-person date. It's like one one is related to the other. Like, and and I I think it kind of I think COVID has done a lot to highlight the problems in the world. And it also does a lot to highlight like the people you're dealing with in, in relationships and dating. So there's a certain, if you want to look at glass half full, I think it's actually, there's a lot of positives. I mean, like that show, remember, did you guys watch love is blind? Yeah. So I love love is blind. What was so interesting about that show is how the men I thought after that said and done, all the men looked pretty good. Like it was kind of crazy. Like there was like, like they didn't look like assholes. Like all the men seemed like nice guys and were somewhat likable. And a lot of the women didn't really have that. Like that girl, Jennifer, she's 35, he's 24. You know, she kept pushing towards a wedding that we all knew wasn't going to work out. It was interesting because a lot of the guys' problems are this like this, this illusion of choice, you know, where guys are like, how do I, they're, you know, kids in a candy store. I got to buy it all. I got to have all the matches. I got to keep swiping. And I think some of this COVID stuff is like good for men to be like, to kind of zone in. But 
you know, then that kind of works in the other way too, where it's like now things are, the restrictions are leaving and it's like, okay, is that guy really zoned in on me or is this date going to happen or not? There's like a one week, two week grace period you can give someone. But like, if it doesn't happen right now on like New York city, you can do a date today. If you, if, if you want to stay six feet, you can do a date. You can walk around, you can get a patch, you know, you can get a, like a pouch of, um, you know, you can get like a spritzer and a pouch and walk around the city together. Like if you're on the spectrum of like an eight of safety, you can still do that. Um, are you going to blame it or are you going to go on the date? That's the reality. And it's a, and it, for a lot of people, I think this kind of is a highlighter to show you that someone's maybe not serious or more serious. Totally agree. I've been saying that too, because I'm single and mm-hmm. I feel like you're either sludging through tar with somebody to make something happen or they drop off or somebody's like chomping at the bit to meet up with you or to FaceTime with you. And they're actively trying to take it off the app or off text. So it definitely weeds people out in like a really nice way. Um, but it also feels kind of not romantic. And it's because, I don't know, like maybe it's the FaceTiming at home or like the virtual dates or like planning a date and not really knowing how to operate once you leave the house. Like, what do you even wear to walk around the city? And does it match your mask? And yeah, that was very LA. But like, you're not so cute anymore. You got a thing covering your face. And you like, do you wear makeup? So I guess there it poses so many more questions and obstacles. If you met the, you know, if, if there was someone you were, you were excited about, and the person you were excited about was like, hey, this FaceTime date was great. Next week, uh, there's a park nearby. I would love for you to come out. I'm going to be walking my dog. Would you like, would you be like, no, I don't know how to match a mask. No, I would be all about going, but I think I would have to go through that FaceTime date first and get excited. And maybe I think I've been in hibernation for so long. Like currently I'm wearing workout clothes and I've been wearing it for eight hours. So I think it's also that like, I used to go out into the world and be like ready to go on a date because I was already like out and about and like looking my better version of myself. And so now it is kind of like touching on those insecurities that you were talking about. Like they come up and they're real. And this is also kind of like highlighting that we're like little hibernating creatures that don't see the sunlight anymore. And I think we got to push ourselves and maybe that's it. It's just pushing yourself. If you want it and you're really serious about it, you got to make it happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think also it's about excitement and you, the, the problem with dating apps a lot of times, if you make that like your whole wheel of how you meet people. And I totally understand during COVID and quarantine, it becomes the biggest part of, of your dating, you know, pie. Um, it's hard to get, a, you meet so many people that like everyone seems the same and no one shocks you and no one is, and I can see how it would be monotonous and very Groundhog's Day-ish. I, I think excitement about a connection, I think all these things go away when you're excited about a connection in whatever way that happens. And I think right now also the the biggest problem with dating is like, not only are you meeting the same 10 people on a dating app, 
but also during quarantine, there's been a huge thing of people popping up from the past and people that fizzled out or ghosted you or you ghosted them or whatever it may be kind of, you know, finding their way into your DMS or in your, in, in your phone. And that's kind of normal too, but that's also a mind fuck. I, I think it's normal because right now during quarantine before, like there's, there's very few ways to find new business. So you try to drum up business from the old clients. And so it's a lot of like people being like, oh, and now I got this person that I was over making a comeback. Are they serious? Like, I think there's just a lot more head trash during COVID dating than maybe the everyday dating when you're on the go and, and kind of moving through your day. Yeah, you're less distracted by the outside, you know, noises and you're more in your head about things. You're by yourself in isolation. So you're like fucking talking to yourself probably anyway. Like Mm -hmm. it's definitely a mind fuck for sure. Like, and if someone comes back into your DMs or whatever that you've ghosted or an ex or whatever, like it's kind of transparent. I think everyone is sort of like suspending the disbelief there and making excuses. Cause like, we all know what's happening you're bored and you're coming back or I'm bored. So I'm allowing you to come back. And then you either decide, Hey, I'm bored enough to let this continue or I'm not bored enough because I know where this is going and I don't have time or whatever. If you're looking for a relationship, then that probably would be what you would say. But how do you tell at that point, then let's just say you invite someone like that into your life or it's, it's not, you know, it's a relationship that's just starting. And then you get to a point where you're like, all right, this has been fun so far. Maybe you've done some social distance dating. Maybe you've re-met this person out in the world that was from the past. When do you go, okay, this has now moved from like this casual fling to like actually dating this person. Like, does that happen faster during quarantine? Cause I feel like it does. I feel like you get to that point quicker where you have that conversation. Oh yeah. Because you're, you know, there's, again, less options, more, you know, more decision making. There's just less options. Like there's less people for you to like, you know, like the, I think also like the, the road, like when you're in a normal dating scenario, you can swipe all day. And even during the date you're on with the person you met on the swiping app. So there's just new customers. That's that new customer, old customer thing. Like a lot of people are like, man, I don't want to go through the FaceTime, the the social distance date, convincing this person. So they're moving to, you know, giving attention more to the people that they're dating. I don't think that there's going to be like a higher rate of getting together. I think like the, I think people meeting during COVID will be the same as meeting in a grocery store, meeting on a dating app, meeting on a you know, meeting in a bar. I don't think, I think it can happen in any way a relationship can always happen. It's just, you know, it's moving fast, but you have to like, I think like the one thing that people have to remember is that like, it takes zero effort to text and it takes zero effort to DM and it takes a lot more effort to give you your physical time. So you can't really count on something because you've done a month of texting. You can't really count on this person to be like everything the script they wrote for themselves. You know, I think a lot right now, especially like we, you know, we're kind of like beyond those COVID quarantine dates. Now we're getting into a lot of people getting canceled on. Like every email I get is about, oh, I was canceled on. I was canceled by, by this many, this many. 
And it's like, yeah, cancellations are going to happen because now they got to cash the check that they've been writing for a month. And a lot of people, especially men, I would say, would look at that and go, oh, man, I haven't even we haven't even been physical. And this first date feels more like an eight. So true. It's like the, all of a sudden you're well, it's like love is blind. Let's go back yeah. to that. Like they made such an emotional connection and they hadn't even touched or met. And I mean, I think the social experiment was, was right. Like you are connecting with people on, on a deeper level, whether you want to admit it or not. So once you get to the point where like in the show or in real life in quarantine, where you're going to go out with the person, you either probably are like, oh man, we've advanced further than I'm comfortable with because I don't normally do this. And now I haven't even touched the girl and I've got to go out on this date. And I know all these things about her. Like, this is fucking weird. Right. I think people run because it's kind of scary. It's like not what we're used to. Yeah. And from like the male side of things, like now, like now you're the dick who bailed after meeting. I think a lot of times guys get this, like a lot of feedback is like, and he, strung me along through the whole quarantine and and now we go on a date and now he goes and it's like especially if like you end up getting physical on that first date then it's like oh this was all for this and it's like you know it's uh it's damned if you do damned if you don't type of deal tough times but I guess it's always tough this is just a new layer of uh, difficulty that we're all facing and having to adjust. And really, you're just so lucky that you both already found someone. What do you think is going to be the future of dating? Because if people are having to meet virtually or tiptoe around dating or uh, be more choosy with who they're going out with because there's a risk for illness, what do you think the future is going to look like? I think like the idea of like, I, I think it's less scary for people to go, hey, let's just do, let's do a FaceTime. Let's do a Zoom. I think that used to be such like a big deal. Like that people weren't sure if they could do that after like meeting on an app. I think like, like, I think that's kind of good. Like, I, I don't like to like, I don't think like, it's funny because like we toured the U Up podcast around the country. And it's funny that like everywhere we went, they're like, the guys here are this. So the girls here are this. Everyone thought that they're, situation was specific to their part of the world and I I think like they're all pretty much the same depending you know with little changes here and there but I think what this kind of period of time you know you hope that people learn from it they go okay well we you know like well that guy who texted for a month you know guys will text me for a month just you know without ever seeing me and then cancel like I think like you would hope people would learn but people never learn I think it's nice to have the tools at your disposal. If you're, if you're someone on a dating app and you meet someone and have a great conversation and you go, Hey, I'm going to be at my apartment tonight. Uh, why don't we zoom tonight? Because I can't get drinks and then maybe do drinks this weekend. Like that. I think that's a good app, good tool to have in the tool chest, right? Yeah. It's like a definitely like a good first step. And we always say that and we hope it continues because we've been saying it way before quarantine even started. But why do you think though some men are resistant to going on like a virtual date? I've usually had to initiate it. In fact, I, I use your tactic. I say like, if they're like, you want to meet up? I'll say, hey, sure. Why don't you FaceTime me and we'll figure out a plan. So at least- we can talk for a bit. There's no like long commitment to how long we have to talk for. It's really just mm-hmm. to make a so-called plan. We can gauge if there's any sort of chemistry or 
banter and then decide if we really go through with the date after that. Yeah, guys don't want to do the FaceTime date or the virtual date because you can't fuck at the end. No mistakes can be made. Um, their goals are different than yours. And also what it does is it takes away the casualness, uh, which men really love. Guys will work really hard to be casual in the moment where you're like, this guy keeps, he answers every one of my texts. He's so good over text. And then all of a sudden it's like, but he'll never go on a date. It's like, yeah, he's making sure to have you as an option for when it's convenient for him working hard at being casual. So I think like a lot of guys will like dip out of the FaceTime or the virtual thing. Cause it doesn't really, it takes away the thing they want most, which is casual. And it's really, there's no chance for like mistakes to be made. And I mean that in the, I mean, mistakes in the most nice of way, you know, I don't mean it in like horrifying ways. Why though, do we live in a world where FaceTiming is not casual? Like if you think about it, and I, I agree with you that I think that that's probably it. But think about logically, like, FaceTiming is casual than, like, taking the time and money to go out to a restaurant or bar and be face-to-face with someone. Like, that's way more intimate. Yeah, the FaceTime is the more casual option. To me, I, I look at it a little differently because the FaceTime is only talking. So, like, you know, the going out on the date or going out for drinks or meeting out, um offers the ability to like you know like where things you know go in a direction like if you go on facetime you're going to talk about family you're going to talk about friends you're going to you're doing the love is blind date where it's more to me that's more intimate than going out in person because that now he has no chance to pick up the tab and to and and to go from one bar to the next bar and then you guys have another drink at the next bar and you know you you touch his leg he touches your back you know, like those are out of the picture. This is straight up. You talk to me. I talk to you. We get to know each other. And it, it is, it is like, it's sad, but true. It's like a lot of these guys that, you know, if they won't do that, then they're not looking to make a connection. They're looking to make a very surface level connection. A very specific type of connection. Well, that, yeah. That makes a lot of sense because like, from what Lauren and I just said, like to us, you know, talking to somebody on a date from your living room where you you don't have to get ready, you don't have to spend any money, like you don't have to really like even have that many manners because you're home. We think that sounds so much easier, but from what you're saying, it makes so much sense. A guy actually has to try much harder to be impressive just with his communication versus distract you with shiny things like a nice restaurant or holding the door open or watching you or the alcohol or the food, or there's so many things to talk about when there's other people around and you're people watching. And now you're left to your own devices in a really intimate setting. Yeah. That is also like, okay. You're also like, now you're in someone's home kind of, and FaceTime feels like something that you do. I think this might be the undertone. Like FaceTime feels like something you do with like your best friend or your mom or like someone that you're really comfortable with. It doesn't feel like something that you just do with a stranger. And also I've always thought this too, like FaceTime is like, could be kind of like also a really good way to have like phone sex. So like it used to be kind of for stuff like that. If you're talking to someone that you're interested in, like you're going to go FaceTime with someone, it's like you're doing 
I don't know, maybe you'd be doing something like sexy or I, who knows what. So maybe it also feels intimate because of that undertone, right? Like you can like, I don't know, get really intimate with like the visual there. So maybe people just don't want to group that into something that's feels very casual because of like before COVID that's what it was used for like family or in a dating situation it's like kind of sexy yeah yeah I I'm with you I I think like you know that can go the other way too where it's like you know you're doing it on the same thing as your friends and family and brother and sister and guy you dated for a long time when you do it with first date guy there's this like mix up of like you know now you're you're in that group a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I think the FaceTiming thing is a good thing and, and general that it's a, it's a good next step, but yeah, I think people have to become a little more accustomed to it and a little more comfortable with it. And by the end of this whole thing, maybe it will just be like a natural happy accident. My, my point is like, if someone won't do something, you have to look at the incentive. My point isn't to say like, is FaceTime better and worse than a first date or whatever it is. I'm just saying if a guy won't do that, then he really doesn't really care to me. You know, a lot of times you'll get people that are like, why does the guy only message me over Snapchat? And it's like, because the Snapchat's the land of casual yeah. and you know, he gets to, you, you have his number, but you kind of don't. And he could take his number out of your phone anytime he wants. He sees when the the messages disappear. He knows whether he can trust you or not when he gets a little sexy with his language or kind of goes down a certain path. And it's like all of that, you have to look at the incentive. There's a reason for everything. Nobody's just doing things in in a vacuum. It's like when someone, you know, like when, when, when someone doesn't follow you on Instagram that you see every day, it's not just happening like, oh, I forgot. Like internet things, everyone kind of gets this like credit for blissful naivete and people do it for dating too. And it's, it, it's just not the truth. So speaking of casual, because I feel like we have talked about a lot of that and like how to tell if someone's actions are more along the lines of casual and their approach and how much effort they're willing to put in. Now, let's say you want to take things from casual because you're seeing somebody and you want to make it a little bit more serious. How do you have the talk with like your quarantine significant other to make it more of a real relationship? I think like the talk is kind of overrated when you don't know what you want. If you just want a label, uh, then you don't really uh, know what you want. If you want change you have to i think i think a lot of people look for their person they're seeing to give them the answers and it's like you have to come to the conclusion of what you're looking for what is your standard what's the thing that you're lacking in this relationship is it someone that if if you're like hey we only meet up and hook up late at night then it's time to stop saying yes to that and it's time to say nah i can't do that this week but next week i can do drinks on thursday if you want to do that and they either do that or they don't. And I know that's a really hard thing. It's easy advice to give, hard to take. But it's like a lot of these casual situations where you're like, I'm not sure what this is. I want it to be this. I, I want it to be more. Well, what do you want? What What's the thing you want more? You want dates? You want him to come over on a Saturday? You want to do, you don't want to do something on a Saturday during the day? Let's start uh, presenting some options. Be so easy to hang out with and the way you want to hang out with that it would be They'd be crazy or lying to not do it. 
So basically you're, you have to be just like you would out of quarantine. Like you need to just be really straightforward with what you want. And that could, I mean, you said the option could be like, oh no, I can't meet out late, but next Tuesday I could meet for drinks. Could you also just say, hey, listen, every time you invite me out, it's super late and all we do is have sex. Like, can we actually go on a date? I mean, is a guy going to not like that? The problem is guys are obsessed with being good guys. You could say it that way. Don't say it that way. I, I, I think like, you know, a lot of people, um, and I see this through emails that I get for the podcast where it's like, you know, a lot of women that write in, they want, are you, do you like me or do you hate me? And to me, that's kind of a black and white way to look at a very gray issue. Like is on a spectrum. So the guy that, you know, the guy that you're hooking up with late at night, of course he likes, but does he want to make you a responsibility? Does he want to go out with you? Does he want to, you know, like a, a disgusting guy, guy conversation is, yeah, I'd fuck her. You know, that's, that's said in every dude group ever. And yeah, I'd do it. You know, that can sound icky and gross, but, you know, you might be hanging out with someone who's a, yeah, I'd do it. And the reason that I, I kind of give, you know, I don't think you're the way you, the scenario you brought up is wrong at all. You just have to be okay with hearing an answer that is like medium and then throwing away the medium. You know, like a lot of people hang, like it's easy for us to give advice. That's why like, to me, like, it's easy to say like, Hey, we always hang out at this time. I won't go out with you until there's a date, of course. And then the, his response is going to be, of course we should do a date. And then he's going to, you know, kind of slowly fade back. And then he'll probably text you again to meet up late night and see if you've forgotten. If you're still, you know, like, I'm just saying, like, I don't trust people and generally a lot of men in this situation. I don't trust them to, like, give up on the casual option that they've created for themselves. That makes a lot of sense. Also, women tend to, like, go about it as well and they're afraid to ask the question because they don't want to hear that tough answer. Let's just say they say the opposite, not let's go on a date, but maybe they say, well, I don't actually want anything serious with you. And I don't want to make you that responsibility, like you said. And so they just coast thinking, well, it's too soon to ask for this to become serious. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep seeing him. And then they ask their, their bozo friends who are like, Oh, you know, you, it's too soon to have those conversations and it's going well so far. And you don't want to like ruffle any feathers or be that girl. So they just keep waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping the guy comes around and changes his tune. And listen, sometimes it works and they do change their tune because maybe after a while timing is better, but. Do you understand how many people I've hooked up with that then I say, I'll give the soft answer of like, I would give the soft answer of like, no, I'm having fun, but I'm just not looking for anything serious. And then the female response to that a lot of times is like, I'm not looking to get married. It's always, they always jump from, I'm not looking to get married. And it's like, <laughs> that's kind of the problem is they go from, uh, Hey, I want a little bit more. And then the guy goes, Hey, I, I'm not looking for something serious. And then they go, I'm not looking to get married. They get kind of like defensive. And you're like, and uh, to me, that's like a mistake. Like you, you, no one said you're looking to get married. 
this guy is opting out of needing to respond and needing to be taking you on a date, needing to have a breakup if it, if he wants to end it. He's taking himself. So again, like is on a spectrum and this whole idea of too soon comes from like, you know, comes from this vagary of having someone else tell you uh, the answers to your feelings. And I don't think that works. That's, you know, going back to the beginning of the podcast when I talked about my girlfriend, like she was always open with, here are my feelings. Here's how you make me feel. You're not adding up to this. Like when we've got, you know, in the beginning it was harder because we did go from like, you know, casual to more serious. So like over the, over the course of that, you have, you have two people that are, you, you're trying to figure out that we'll get on the same page. So, you know, I, I think this is like, when I say like, you know, you say figuring out what you want, like it can be small things. It doesn't have to jump to, well, I don't want to get married tomorrow. Like that, that fucks yourself. If you just, if you make it so simple, you're like, yeah, I just want a dinner date. Let me know when you're ready for that. And you back away. They're either going to make the dinner date or not. Like you've made it so simple that you can't make excuses. You can't look at that and go, well, they did text, how was your morning? Like, no, 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 they ignored the thing you asked for, which is a dinner date. Yeah, women make excuses when, you know, oh, I guess men do it too, but when you're trying, when you want something to happen and you don't feel like it is, you're making excuses and you just can't, I think, you know, it's, it gets clouded because we all ask our, we say it takes a village to date. Like you ask your girlfriends or your guy friends, like what to do. And you get steered in different directions because like you said, they're, you know, telling you what their feelings are. They're projecting their feelings onto you. And it just gets so clouded in an already complicated situation. And you just also, in addition to that is like the nature of the friend group is so much, you know, just, from the emails I get and talking with Jordana and listen, I I'm just going through the way I hear it. I'm like, man, the dynamic of like, and I don't think this is fair, but, but it seems to be the reality to me is that like, that the person who's married has won and is done. And the person who's single is losing. And that's generally not the situation for the guy. Like I'm, probably the last of my good friends to get married and I don't have really any social thing with them where I'm like oh man I'm so behind or I'm I don't really think that way and I I get that vibe from a lot of women where it's like like I that's something I don't have to deal with which seems like it sucks um the idea that like you know like how'd it go with Jared and then you have to go well it's not working out and then you kind of feel this like, oh, the group now pities you and that type of thing. It's like, I don't think that's fair. I I don't think that's right, but it seems like that happens a lot. It is. That's so true. Or the women blame each other, right? Well, you shouldn't have texted him back so fast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As if if anyone, I've never met a dude who was like, she didn't, she texted me back within 15 minutes. I had to end it. It's like, that's never happened. 
that's what we say on the show all the time. Look, we always use that example and it's probably annoying to listen to over and over again, but it's such a good example. Like if you had control over someone's feeling in the speed that you texted them, like we'd all be fucking millionaires and like we'd capitalize mm. on that. Like that's not how it works. So don't feel bad for like your girlfriend did just saying what you want. Like it's only going to expose the truth. It's not going to change the truth. But also, but also it's, it's a matter like, that's easy for us to say, you know, like, I, I think like the biggest thing is like, okay, I always boil things down to like a jury of my peers. It's like, you know, I've been hooking up with this guy for six months. We never go on dates. I really want to date. And then you like, and that's a small gesture. Hey, uh, I'm done meeting up at night. I'm really into getting to know you. uh, But it feels like you're just into the physical aspect of that, which is, I think, being like unapologetically unoffended. I I can understand why you're into the physical part of me because I'm a beautiful fucking woman. But I got to do a date. And if you can't do that, then good luck with everything. I'm going to, I need to look for more from me. And a guy will never go to his friends and be like, like, I just think of that guy going to a jury of his peers and saying, well, I had to end it. This fucking bitch was like, I want to go on a date. <laughs> you know, the, the jury would be like, what? That seems pretty reasonable. And that's the thing. Like, it's, it's unreasonable to him because his goals are different than yours. Totally makes sense. I mean, man, you really laid it all out for us and gave us the guy's perspective. So I feel like we've been let behind the curtain for sure. And this is just (laughs) one conversation with you. Now you have many conversations on your You Up pod and you always talk about a red flag or a deal breaker. So can we please hear yours for this week? If you were to be dating during Corona, what one would be for you? (laughs) It would be like if I went like here's the scenario: red flag, deal breaker. Red flag means you notice it, but you keep dating. Deal breaker means you saw it. This is it. I gotta get away from this person. You're on a date with someone, and they start yelling at people for not wearing masks outside. Yeah, that's no nobody. Yeah, that's that would be a deal breaker for me. That would be a deal breaker for me. Like like someone inserting themselves into other people's lives outside. I mean, inside, I can understand the the difference, but you know, like a person outside with their mask down across the the block, that would be a deal breaker for me. So that's like the mask hall monitor, basically. No one likes that. Yeah. I, 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 to me, it's like, you know, I don't know. Go talk to your parents, tell them to wear a mask. That's a harder conversation. It's easier to yell at a stranger. Absolutely. Well, we agree with you on that. And now I'm going to be on the lookout for people like that when I go on dates with them. And where can everyone be on the lookout for how to find you and all of your podcasts and eventually when you're touring again? So I am on Instagram at Jared Freed. I yell at The Bachelor. I make fun of charcuterie boards and I do podcasts and I do stand up. The podcast, I have two of them. The J Train podcast, as well as the You Up podcast, uh, I'm on. I don't stop shutting up the whole week. So you could, if you get into one, you might find the other. But it's all on Instagram at Jared Free. 
We love it. And we could listen to you forever. No, thank you. Don't forget to listen to us next week. You can tune in for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with one of our favorite repeat guests, Thomas Edwards. And if you guys want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at complicated show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcast to rate and comment and share our show with all your friends. You can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social means. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets as well. We'll be back next week. Love you long time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 